Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Trick or treat, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. With me, all the way from the Bridgewater Triangle, is the blonde <laughs> bombshell herself, Miss Ann Carrigan. Ooh, hello, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy almost Halloween. Halloween Eve. Halloween somewhere. Halloween Eve. Well, it's not Halloween here yet. So. Yeah, not there. It is Halloween Eve. Somewhere is Halloween. Yes, Ron. You are correct. There you go. Anyways, regardless, I am excited. I'm not wrong wrong either. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, who's excited? I'm excited. Boop, boop. Got the pumpkins. Uh, ready in the kitchen. They're all scooped out. I, I scooped their guts out. And uh, I got my little uh, carving tools ready. I got my wine all set. I got all my decorations out. Now, it would just stop raining. That would be cool. But that's we what have it a is. Major, we have a major windstorm tomorrow night. I don't want to hear about major windstorms. Okay. I just don't want to hear. Oh, I have something cool, though. Right? Something I've never done before. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you excited? All ears. Be excited? Oh, yeah. Look excited. Okay, so I got a call yesterday um, from the Four Seasons Hotel in Boston. Fancy, Mm -hmm. fancy, schmancy, right? They Mm -hmm. want me to come face paint the bar staff at the Zuma restaurant oh zoom is cool i oh you've been there i've never been there yeah yeah, uh apparently i'm not one of the uh hoi polloi but anyways uh so they want me to paint about eight of the bar staff as sugar skulls i am so excited so Mm. excited so So uh 10 bucks an hour and all you can drink right uh no no (laughs) No drinking involved that I know of. Bummer, bummer. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Uh, I'm could, sure if they're the bar staff, you can wiggle something out uh, of it. Perhaps, perhaps. Mm. But uh, it is going to be, you know, like mid-afternoon. I'm going in, going to take the train in because I'm out in the burbs. And, mm. uh, you know, they're going to pay for me, take the train in, pay for my parking, all that stuff. And uh, so I'm really if never tra- done anything. taking the train in, why do you have to pay for parking? Oh, uh, parking is minuscule. It's like four bucks, something. No, stupid. I mean, if you're taking a train, why do you have to pay for parking? I had to park in uh, in the train station where I pick up the commuter rail. Oh, they charge you for parking? Yes. That's outrageous. Ah, it is this what it is. T- Everybody's got to make a buck. This T system sucks. Yeah, yeah well, well, 
Yeah. Charlie's still okay. writing it, and they still haven't found him yet. Yeah. <laughs> the man who never returned. I'm going to return, though, so because uh, I have to hand out Halloween candy. I'm sure I'm going to have some diehard kids coming out in the rain. Oh, you got I'm time to do that. Give them piles of candy. I don't know if he'll be home before I will. Mm. I should be home by, like, 6. Maybe a little earlier. So it should be prime trick-or-treating time. But they do start. It's, it's you know, it'll be dark by like 5.30. So uh, yep. I may get we some little ones. Back this weekend. Yeah, yay. Uh, I don't know if it's yay. I don't like it to get dark so early at night. But, I'll take uh, the extra hour, thanks. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to a little extra shut-eye. It's going to be a busy weekend again, as always. But, uh, yeah, so very, very excited, and I'm going to post pics, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Cool. So, so what do we got tonight? What are we doing? I got some stories. Oh, what do you got? No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I want, no, you go. You start. No, no, no. You got your stories. That's fine. <laughs> well, we were talking earlier, and Ron said, oh, well, why don't we do some cemetery things? And I'm like, oh, all right. You know, I was still at work, so I was kind of not in that mode yet. Uh, so I got home, and I was thinking about it, and I saw a friend of mine, Mike Morris, who we camp with, and he posted this great story. I'm like, ah, oh, all right, I want to I do that on the show tonight because so there you go. It's Halloween. Halloween is the time for ghost stories, man. Yeah, Always. It's Christmas. Always. It's Christmas. Christmas? Yes. Ghost Christmas is always the time for ghost stories. Uh, it's even in the song. Not my house. What song? Even, the Christmas song. Uh, oh, God, don't sing. No, it's all right. Yeah, see? I believe you. Yeah. I believe yes. you. I believe you. It's an English tradition for hundreds of years. Oh. Well, uh, it's not my tradition, I guess. Maybe I should the start The BBC that. plays ghost stories on the TV and, they I mean, do. on the radio and everything. Yeah. I they played original ones. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. That's cool. Okay. I like that part of Christmas. That song, These Are My Favorite Things, right? Is that it? Yeah, These Are My Favorite Things. No, maybe not. It's not it. I don't know. Whatever. I don't think so. From no, it isn't. Sound of Music? Yeah, I don't think so. Um... Ah, damn, now i got to find it. Shut uh, up. Go ahead, no. tell me your story while okay, I go find I'm this I'm going to tell a story. Thing. Yeah, well, I've got to go Google dig this Google the hell thing. out of whatever it is he's talking about. All right, so, all right. Ooh, let me get this story. Let me get it. Where is it? Uh, here it is. Okay. All right. Ready? Did you know that the horror film character, Freddy Krueger, was based on a real-life serial killer who lived in Rockville, Iowa in the 1800s. According to court county records of the time, Mr. Kruger was known to have killed at least 20 children within a three-mile radius of where he lived. He reportedly murdered most of the children using only a gardening claw. He lived inside an old abandoned cement factory north of town where he would bring his victims. Having set up a small living space and torture area within the mechanical room of the facility. Oh yeah, back then, a mechanical room was also known as a boiler room. 
Mr. Kruger was eventually caught by his own recourse by accidentally starting a fire in a portion of the factory where he burned over 70% of his body. While in the hospital recovering, police investigated and he was arrested after they found his room of horrors. He was trialed but found to be criminally insane. He spent the rest of his life in a psychiatric hospital before dying in his sleep at the old age of 72. But shortly after his death, a string of unexpected deaths weirdly occurred in Rockville, involving young teenagers and children while they were sleeping in their beds. Before they died, a few parents said their children would wake up in the middle of the night from the night terrors to what they called a burned and scary old man with a claw who was trying to kill them and refused to go back to sleep. We now know why. To this day, and long before the Elm Street films, Rockville has since become a ghost town where all residents have long moved away in fear that it was haunted by the ghost of Freddy Krueger. Actually, someone just made this up. Happy Halloween. Be safe. (laughs) Did I get you? Yeah, that was funny. Oh, Ron, you're a poop. Yeah, it's uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, I hate that song. Of course. (laughs) What don't you like about Christmas? (laughs) But yeah, it's an English tradition of telling uh, ghost stories at Christmas time. Okay. Yeah, long time. Oh, God, now that's off in my head. Oh, no. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Okay, I'm all right. (laughs) Don't, don't. Stop it. I'm going to kill you with gardening claw. All right? Yeah, good. Passing off to you. Anyway, uh, this past weekend, of course, uh, Saturday night, I was part of the... Horror Fest at the corner, uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater, which was simply amazing. It was 12 hours of scary movies from midnight to noon the next day. And it was very well attended. In fact, it was sold out 450 tickets. I'd be passed out at like, I'd never make it. I'd never make it. How did you make it all night? It was awesome. We, uh, we, 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 uh, the, the festivities started at midnight with a uh, costume party, which was totally awesome. Uh, every, you know, a costume contest. Everybody wore different costumes, and uh, they uh, voted on them. And uh, there was some really, really, really – I mean, Freddy Cougar was certainly there. Yeah. Lizzie Borden was there. Uh, well, uh, Festa. I want Festa to know. was there. Festa yeah. was there, lighting up light bulbs with his mouth. And, <laughs> There was the three witches from the Wizard of Oz, the house with the witch underneath it, which was actually a real person, and the other witches, and the house was there and everything. It was wicked cool. Oh, you mean three witches from Pocus Pocus? No, no, no. No? Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz? Okay. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz. Don't you ever mean the scene from the Wizard of Oz when the the house falls on the witch and kills the witch, wicked witch from the north, and the feet are underneath? Yeah, that's one witch. Oh, Glinda the Good Witch, and then the, the, the Wicked Witch of the North. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. What is somebody walk around with his curled up feet and a house on their head? Pretty much, yeah. Ah, it's great. They were no, it. they were no, they were. It was a huge house. It was a big, mm-hmm. 
house. The whole costume was the house. Nice. And what they did is when they were ready, they dropped down and stuck their feet out from underneath. (laughs) So it looked like, yeah, it was cool. That's so clever. There were other cool. There was uh, Poltergeist was there. It was a TV set. One person was a TV set. We had this electronics thing that looked just like a, a going TV. And a guy was dressed as a little girl standing in front of it going, <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, there was tons and tons of tons. Oh, of tons. did you take of... pictures of oh, these? No. Oh, God, I'd be all over that. No, I was busy. So anyway. Uh... Anyways, that was great. So the, anyways, so after the costume started, then they ran the movie Poltergeist. And after the Poltergeist was over, probably around 3, 3.30 in the morning, I, I get up and with Leslie and Maureen, and I did my Ashpiel. Your what? Ashpiel, our, our presentation. Oh, your spiel. Spiel, okay. yes. I'm like, well, and, what's that, Ashpiel? Ashpiel, Ashpiel. I didn't understand that. Okay. And then, of course, we rolled in 4.30 in the morning or so. So, there you go. God. Well, yeah, my hat is off to you. I, I have great admiration for anybody who can make it to that hour of the morning. Biggest audience I ever faced. So oh, wow. 4.50 is a lot of people. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That was cool. So, anyways, um, the movie Poltergeist was there, and... That is, I forgot how good that movie was, really. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 what, of course, the theme of it is, is that they made this housing development, and mm-hmm. they, uh, they built it on top of graves. And Indian course, graves, right? No. No? No. It's just graves. People, right? people Do you know, I've never seen the whole movie. You should. The uh, everybody in the audience is going, "What?" Yeah, yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. In fact, uh, one of the the coolest lines is when they're talking about it. Uh, the the developer says, uh, "It's not like it's an ancient tribal burying ground. It's just people, <laughs> just people." Yeah, just people. So that's what they just did. People. They moved they moved the the tombstones, but they didn't move the people. The people. Mm-hmm. And an interesting fact about that, the, the skeletons that actually came up in the pool scene were real skeletons of real humans. Cut it out. Seriously. They used real real skeletons from real people in in the movie. Wow. Did yeah. they uh, where did they get the real skeletons? Did I they do not donate know. I mean can I can Look it up if I want. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of I about to. <laughs> where they would they just go grave robbing? I mean, what? That's that's who knows? They used to kind do of that. Just, well, well, yeah. well, you know, but there's anyway. there's plenty of places where, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, they just in in colonial times they just didn't really care, and they built stuff wherever. And uh, so, I mean, that, of course, we we know that the movie was cursed and all the actors in it suffered terribly from it, uh, mm-hmm. which we could go through the whole list. Maybe I will by the end of the Oh, I'd the like to hear no. that. I would. But, uh, this brought up an article I saw on uh, MSN today, which was this popular New York City park has a dark past. 
Mm-hmm. Washington Square Park is a wonderful place for a rainbow of reasons, including dog park, street performers, the New York DOSAS, residents of South Indian food truck, and a bunch of other things. Uh, but, however, it harbors a cigarette history. While most uh, locals know the morbid Tibbets, tourists do not. Washington Square Park was once the burial ground uh, for thousands of... Ah, there you go. The land land was used for uh, farming back in 1797 as a common. Most Mm -hmm. of it had commons. And Mm -hmm. also was used for public executions. Uh, the, the gallows were located uh, next to the modern-day fountain in a potter's field. A common grave for criminals and poor people who couldn't afford private burial was also there. Uh, shortly uh, thereafter, things got even worse because yellow fever hit Manhattan yeah. in the years to follow, would strike again and again, killing thousands. This put the potter's field to overcapacity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they looked out for for new, but uh, they just kept these having these, these wonderful things. Anyways, in the aftermath of the overflow, the city started brainstorming in ways to they could transform this potter's field into a public space. So at first it was used as a military parade ground in 1826, and a year later it was reopened as a public land and made into this wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the people knew about it, they didn't care because the property values increased 240%. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> within five years. So there you go. Wow. Per usual, the history has a way of repeating itself. In 2008, old gravestones and 70 to 80 human bones were discovered by archaeologists testing the soil as part of the Washington Square Park restoration. Oh, I bet. Wow. 70, 80, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the remains, which were not in coffins, were uh, they decided to just rebury them where they were. Really? To wow. This day, to this day, more than 20,000 dead people are estimated to be buried beneath the cement Holy and grass. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, what, you know, what could they do with them? What could they do with all they those intermingled bones? Someplace nice, build a little headstone for them and... But, but no, we'll just stick yeah, them under the concrete. You could put a monument, so put a monument in the park. Yeah, okay. You know, this is the burial ground of 20,000 people who died. Around, crap all over Blah, 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 blah. But it, it, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. But Boston Common. Yeah. Boston Common is one giant grave site. There's it is. So bodies, pretty much like that. Yes. Right? There's bodies all underneath Boston Common. If you go up to um, King's Chapel, there's a, a subway grate uh, in the in the corner, the right-hand corner in the front of the cemetery. It's a subway. It's an exhaust grate. Uh, so how many people do you think, when they built that subway, were moved? I bet none of them were moved and all the graves that are very nicely symmetrically arranged in that graveyard Mm. that's not where those stones were they just put them in a pleasing pattern 
and put really? little pathways around them. Oh, yeah. It's not where they're buried. They're not? No. No. Well, that's bummer. I, I would be There's no way. That's not how they put their cemeteries in, in Puritan times. And these stones date, you know, back to the early 1700s, late 1600s. It's just, it's just a fact. It's a fact. But the stones are amazing. Whether they have bodies underneath them, who really knows? I'm, there's a lot of bodies, but there's a lot of bodies that are completely unaccounted for. I mean, King's Chapel, the Granary, and then uh, the Central Burying Ground, which is actually on the common itself. It's over uh, more towards the, uh, I don't know what that street is, the theater district side. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like like I remember her name. Yeah. But that whole that whole area. They buried people there. They had the cows running around. I mean it was just you know, that's what they did. Just a fact. It's a fact. Okay. It's it's terrible. It's terrible, but you can't change it. Unfortunately, now. Unfortunately there are many, many places that yeah. uh, have Bodies beneath them, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we always think, oh, Indian burial ground, but uh, no, not oh, necessarily God. Indian burial ground. Everything's uh, Indian burial ground, really. <laughs> right, but there were so many uh, non-Indian burial grounds as well. I mean, even even your regular cemeteries. Uh, yeah. They they uh, just because you're you have you build uh, next to a cemetery doesn't necessarily you're not building on on right. uh, where bodies are because uh, you know back in the early days if you weren't Christian you couldn't be buried within the hollow ground you had to be buried outside the cemetery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so there were bodies that were buried outside as well that were mo- were not mocked yeah. And I mean, there's so many family cemeteries. I mean, just even in my little Massachusetts book, oh, A yeah. Guide to Massachusetts Cemeteries by David Allen Lambert. Fabulous. You're into cemeteries. Got to pick it up if you're in Massachusetts. Can't speak for other states. But um, pages and pages and pages and pages of especially where we are in the summer in Westport, there's a gazillion little backyard family plots. Yeah. Family plots. And you know, people build new houses and they just take the stones out. They just True. take the stones out and they build a house. Some people are, you know, respectful and they keep them. But um, I can't tell you how many I look for and you, they're not there. <laughs> they used to be. I have friends that have a house uh, next to cemetery and they've had many 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 stories and strange things happening in the house where oh, cool. uh i mean he was home sleeping one night and i think his wife was on a business trip or something and he woke up and he looked over at his dresser and he saw a woman rummaging through the drawers huh. and okay. he, he said who's who's there who are you or something like that and uh she stopped she looked at him and then just went back to rummaging again. <laughs> and then finally he got up and turned the light on. And when he did, she disappeared. Oof. 
And then the oh. wife, the wife, uh, he, husband had not come home from work yet. He was working late that night. And she had went to bed, and she fell asleep. And when she woke up, and there was, like, bright light. It was The room was all bright. Mm-hmm. And she looked towards the closet, and there was this big red spinning, like, uh, fire spinning. Uh, uh, a whirlpool on the closet door getting bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter. God. And, yeah, and then uh, she screamed and the, the whole thing just disappeared. Mm. But she has a bunch of other stories too. And yeah, cemeteries. Uh, cemeteries are interesting, that's for sure. Yes, they are. But anyway. So. <laughs> I know that. See. I'm just trying to figure it So I get the list of uh, the terror behind the scenes victims of the Poltergeist curse. Oh, yes, yes. Tell us. All right. So let's start off with Melissa Brinks. All right. She Mm -hmm. was uh, one of the most uh, beloved horror movie actresses in American history. Uh Uh-oh. What do we got? Two Two minutes. minutes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's all right. Anyways, we can go back to it. Yeah, you can. Uh, Yeah. All right. So let's go back where we are now. Where was I? Well, well this thing this thing jumped. Okay, I'll have to go back to that one. Uh Dominique Dune, who played Dana, the oldest sister in the Freeling family, was the first of the cast to die in uh untimely fashion. Dune broke up with her abusive boyfriend boyfriend, who later returned to her house and pressured her to getting back together with him. And uh she refused. They had an argument. And then the argument escalated, and their boyfriend choked her to death, and she passed out and fell into a coma. Even worse, her ex-boyfriend, released after serving four years, uh, believes the deaths... What? Even worse, the ex-boyfriend was released after serving less than four years. Ah, that's terrible. Uh, Killing somebody? Yeah, I know it. Huh. Wow. Yeah, so anyway. Nice. So anyway, do I'm, do we got a minute? Like sneak another one through? Uh, 30 seconds. I don't think so. All right, maybe not. <laughs> you sure? It's Dominic Dunn. What? Dominic Dunn. Yeah? Is the name. You said Dune. Yeah, Dune. Okay. D U N N E. Done. Yeah, if you say so. I say Dune. You say Dunn. I say, say so. Whatever. Say I say Dunn. But it's Dominic Dunn. No, to good to right? you, but not Who's to me. Good to me. It's Tell done. me I'm right. Anyways, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Cola. Today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. We'll be right back at the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event? book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello hello can you hear me my name is harry price i am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box 
Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache. I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Halloween and welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We're having fun tonight on Halloween Eve. We're telling ghost Appreciate stories so. and creepy things and don't pay any attention to Ron. Just saying. Sure. Be excited. It's almost Halloween. Woot, 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 woot. We love it. We love it. Okay, I got a spooky story. Oh, no, you have to continue your list. No, that's all right. It's still big no, deal. no, no. Continue your list. I want no, to it's long and, and, and oh, whatever. Oh, for goodness sakes. All right. Go with okay. your story. I'm happy with it. I got a ghost story. You're happy? You're never happy. Mm. That's a lie. Okay. Mm. So this is a local story because, remember, you know, we're all up here in Massachusetts. So this is a ghost story from Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is very close to my house. Okay. So this is the ghost girl of Spooner House. The Ghost Girl of Spooner House is a spooky, supposedly true ghost story about a little girl, Abigail, who lost her life in the 1800s. They say her ghost haunts the Spooner House in Plymouth, Massachusetts. The story goes that many years ago, there was an eight-year-old girl named Abigail Townsend who lived in the Spooner House in Plymouth, Mass. Her father was a fisherman, and he was away at sea most of the time. Abigail never had a good relationship with her mother, but whenever her father left, things got much worse. Her mother became very abusive, and Abigail always feared her father leaving because she was afraid of what her mother might do. One day, Abigail's father failed to return from one of his fishing trips. Abigail's mother blamed the poor girl for her father's disappearance and took her anger out on the child. One night, poor Abigail died under mysterious circumstances. Her mother said that it was a bad tooth that killed her daughter. She claimed that Abigail's toothache turned into an abscess and the infection spread throughout the child's body, killing her. Many people, many people refused to believe her story. They suspected that Abigail's mother had brutally murdered her own daughter in a fit of rage. Ever since that time, the ghost of little Abigail has haunted one of the upstairs bedrooms in the Spooner house. Many people claim to have seen her ghostly figure peeking out of the top window and playing with the window shutters. The Spooner house is now a museum. 
In 2005, a group of workers were hired to do some renovations on the house. Supposedly, when they knocked on the door, it was opened by a little girl in an old-fashioned white dress. Later on, when the manager arrived, he was shocked to see the workmen already inside and asked who had let them in. They shrugged and said the little girl did. What little girl, asked the manager. They searched the entire house from top to bottom, but there was no sign of any little girl. The workmen were so spooked, spooked, and they gathered their tools and quit on the spot. One woman who used to live in the house next door said she woke up one night to find Abigail standing at the foot of her bed, just watching over her. According to the legend, if you stand in the street in front of Abigail's house and say, Abigail, come play, you'll see the ghostly figure of the little girl standing in the upstairs window. There you go. Ooh, there's your ghost story. Is that another fake one? No, it's not fake. How am I well, supposed I to know that? You I lied don't know. To me the first time, so how I do I know you're not lying to me time. again? <laughs> Could be lying I'm to smart. me again. Uh, the first one was just kind of a joke, but I don't know about this one. Hmm. So, if you're ever looking for really good stories, Ghost, the Paranormal, Supernatural, Missing Legends Facebook page is awesome. They have this stuff all the time. Cool. So, that's my source. I like to give credit, not yeah. making this stuff up. So anyways, uh, according to several articles, uh, the skeletons came from uh, Carolina uh, Biological, which supplies uh, all kinds of uh, different things, including human skeletons to schools and oh, uh, things. So yeah. I used to buy for them. In fact, when I had my company, uh, so you bought skeletons yeah. from them? No, no, I bought other things from them. Oh, uh, different, uh, different microscope slides of, of particular items and stuff like that. But yeah, Carolina Biological. Oh, cool. Uh, according to several sources and uh, sworn dispositions as well. So there you go. Wow, neat. Anyway. Yes. That's it. Okay. Should I go do back you, to the list again? No. Do you have anything else to tell us? <laughs> no, that's what I was working on. I was figuring out the, the thing on the... Uh, okay. That. So I got to go find else? something else? Who else did, died tragically from this oh, gas? I want to know. Obviously, Drew Barrymore is still around and live and kicking. Oh, fuck, Ryan, all right. Let me go back to that one then. Well, you said you started to read the list. Yeah, well, you you corrected me, and I don't like being corrected. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. Well, you know, you're not always right. I hate to I am always right. Too. No, you're I'm, not. I might never. I might not be right all the time, but I'm never wrong. Uh, 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 like uh, Will Sampson and Julia Beck's death. What? This thing jumps around. It drives me nuts. I don't care. So, whatever. I don't like this. No, forget it. I'm not going down this list. This All list. right, fine. Fine. One of the coolest ones, though, I did see this one, and I'm going to talk about it. Right. Uh, Lou Perry was murdered by a random attack. Uh, he was uh, in there. He was, uh, yeah. He was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it attacked him. We don't he know needed, who he, he was. Needed his, he needed his car, so we just attacked him. Oh. 
and wow. killed him. Yeah. That's terrible. Ah, this is a cool one. Oliver Robbins, who played one of the kids in the in the movie, mm-hmm. he was attacked by a clown on oh, set. Oh no, a clown. On set. Oh on set? Yeah. What the hell? You can't trust yeah. a clown. Mechanical clown attacked him on set. A mechanical clown? Yeah, attacked him on set. That's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it, it, okay, I want to throw this out there. We're all on the subject. So yes. we just found out that our live stream died in the middle of last week's Halloween show. I'm so sorry. We had no idea. Uh, it's up on our Facebook page. If you want to pick up where it, it, it ditched out on you. Uh, it's on our, our uh, I'm sorry, our YouTube Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page. It's up there. It's on the EB Cam YouTube channel. It's also on the EB Cam video on demand. And it's uh, eb-cam.org. And just look for the video on demand. Or, you know, YouTube is, is easy as well. So anyways, we talked about clowns. That's, yeah, there's a bunch of weird stuff on That's this. what brought this tragic tale up. And I'm so upset that the stream died. I'm sorry. I don't know wow. what else is. Yeah. You're still on that? I've, I've yeah. passed it. Okay. Move on. Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, 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 he's so far past it, he has nothing. Okay. No, I have I, something. I just have. Uh, I just couldn't find the page after oh, I lost right. it. I have more stories. Sorry. All right. <laughs> give me another story then while I'm doing this. Okay. All right. This is good. This is good. The Titanic. Who doesn't love ghost stories about the Titanic? I love I love everything about the Titanic. So the RMS Titanic set out on its maiden voyage with an estimated 2,222 people. Really? That's too convenient. But anyways, uh, aboard in April of 1912. Tragically, only 706 of those passengers would survive. The ship was moving too fast one freezing night. Yeah, we all know the story. Okay. So... For eight decades, the RMS Titanic and all its contents sat at the bottom of the Atlantic until underwater excavation teams brought artifacts back up to the surface. Now these pieces of history are offering a rare glimpse at what it was like to be on the massive ship and hinting at the ghostly spirits that still linger around the doomed vessel. The exhibit, housed at the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas, seems to be a hot spot for paranormal activity. Over three Oh, good for you. We I don't have a the book. last show. Okay. Yes, you do. It's sitting in your desk. No, I Go don't have a book of my Ghost own. Day. You're wonderful. Can I continue? Do we have to? Okay. The over 300 pieces displayed apparently still have a connection to the former passengers who possessed them, and the scary stories from exhibit employees and visitors keep stacking up. So. The first one, a lady in black appears on the grand staircase. The Titanic artifact exhibition at the Luxor Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas apparently has a ghost wandering its grand staircase. Employees and guests alike have seen this mysterious woman who wears a black period dress with a white collar and her hair in a bun. As a photographer prepped for the opening of the exhibition, he spotted the woman casually walking down the grand staircase. 
He was startled as he hadn't seen anyone enter and the staircase was roped off. He assumed she was part of the exhibit and asked if she'd like him to photograph her. She ignored him. He went back to setting up, but suddenly she was directly behind him. Again, he offered a photograph and this time she didn't just ignore him. She vanished. Okay, do you want to jump in here, Ron, or should I continue? We have more to that story. Oh, yeah, I got, there's a whole. No, no, to that story. No, that's the end of that particular incident. Okay. I can read more, though. Yeah, fine. Go ahead. Okay. The ghosts take portraits off the walls. The exhibit includes a portrait of Bruce Ismay, one of the Titanic's builders. He apparently fled the sinking ship, leaving women and children behind. Witnesses on the lifeboats claim he kept his back to the ship as it sank, and allegedly he was the one insisting the ship speed up after receiving ice warnings. Perhaps it's not surprising that the ghosts of the Titanic seem to dislike him. One early morning as the crew came in to open the exhibit, they found the portrait of Ismay, on the floor. The manager watched the surveillance video from the night before and was stunned to see the picture began shaking before it coming off the wall, apparently of its own accord. All right, that's the end of that story. It's funny you mentioned that one of the, uh, the uh, another of the actors of uh, the Poltergeist, her house became haunted after they did the show. All her, her pictures in the house would be all tilted and she'd straighten them out, and the next day they would all be tilted again. Oh, jeez. Wow. Cool. That's cool. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, um, in Central Park, uh, over the entrance of Belvedere Castle, is a cockatrice. Cockatrice? Yeah, I never heard it before. C-O-C-K, cock, A-T-R-I-C-E, trice, cockatrice. Huh? A legendary creature resembling an oversized rooster with a reptilian tail. Designed by sculptor Jacob Ray Mould. Whatever. Hmm. These legendary beasts have been found in the castle, uh, New York City, or anywhere else in the world. The park does have its share of monsters. So nobody's found that. According to (laughs) Nick, Nick Refford... He tells a story about a strange bipedal human creature spotted on the edge of the park. The thing was covered in rust-colored hair and stood no more than three feet tall. Oh, sounds like a puckwudgy. One eyewitness claims the creature charged him and stopped and stared into his eyes for several seconds before disappearing under the bridge. Uh Maybe it's one of those things that go under the bridge. What are are those? Troll. Troll, yeah, they live under it's the bridge. Troll. Right? troll, yeah, troll. That's what it is. Like Billy yeah. Go- Billy Goatscruff. Yeah, the police. <laughs> the police. Uh, let's see. Uh, not all the pox monsters are mythical, though. There have been several alligator sightings around oh. the park dating back to 1930s, when the New York Times reported that police were searching for a swarm of gators seen by two children. In 2007, they, as part of the uh, restoration project where they found all those graves, uh, oh. they dredged a three-foot, uh, they were dredging in a three-foot-long koi cop, uh, a few 50-pound snapping turtles were also discovered. Oh, so 
Holy crap. Pretty big, big-ass ones, right? Yeah. Anyways. Have you ever uh, seen the, the, the like, talons on a snapping turtle? Talons is what? They're claws. Oh, the claws? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I've seen huge snapping turtles up in uh, lakes up in New Hampshire. Yeah. They're pretty frightening. <laughs> you think they're frightening? Yeah. Really? Yeah, if you see a big-ass snapping turtle sitting up on a rock, and, I mean, it's probably way bigger than the ones I saw has been way I bigger than I try to help them across pounds. the street. They really? Were big ass. Yeah. They were walking across the street, and I kind of, like, tried to help them across. You have to be careful, though, because they can... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, bite it's your like... leg off. Yeah. Yep. Well, your hands, your fingers. They bite your leg off. That's a little bit... Mm. No? I don't, I don't put a good dent in it. They could off. They could put a good dent in your leg. Yeah, they could take a good chunk, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. So what about the alligators? What about them? Did they find the bones of the alligators? Why are there alligators in New York? There's supposed That's to be some of the sewer system. Did you ever see? You know that. Oh. oh yeah. Sewers. Yeah. Oh. So, do they have like cryptids down yeah, in the park? Yeah, they had that that little troll thing I was talking that, about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the uh, cockatrice. A cockatrice? Yeah, I'd call that a cryptid. I don't know about so, a puckwudgie. I'd call it something. Puckwudgie falls in the uh, elemental category, right? If you say so, so. I would say. That's what I would say. I think it's more cryptid. Mm-hmm. Hard to well, say. Hard to say. I guess it's how you define them, right? Yeah. Probably go either way. Mm. Honestly. Since I've never seen one, I can't help you out. But it sure sounds like a pukwudgie to me. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like oh, it to me. Oh, my goodness. All right, do we want more Titanic ghost stories? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Why are we just... stuck with Titanic? Oh, I can go to a different one. I had all these ghosts from the Titanic. I just thought it was really interesting. Oh, go for it then. Okay, museum staffers are poked yeah. and prodded by unseen hands. And according to staff and visitors, the... Uh, at the exhibition, eerie sounds, uneasy feelings, and actual sightings of ghostly specters have all been reported. Artifacts expert Joe Zimmer seems to attract quite a bit of attention from these supposed spirits. He says he's had his name called and his hair and clothing tugged on, all followed by the sounds of laughter. Nice. <laughs> They're making fun of him. And late at night, Zimmer reports hearing a phantom orchestra play. Ooh, creepy. So what if you saw a ghost without even realizing it? In the case of second officer Leonard Bishop of the SS Winterhaven, that was exactly what happened. In 1977, he gave a tour of the ship to a man who he assumed was a passenger. The British man was very soft-spoken and extremely interested in every detail of the vessel, almost unusually so. Bishop found the man to be a bit strange, not pleasant, just odd. It wasn't until a few years later, after seeing a photo of Titanic captain Edward John Smith, that Bishop realized why the situation felt so off. Bishop exclaimed to a friend, I know him. I gave him a tour of my boat. 
The friend laughed and informed Bishop that the man had been long dead. That man was the captain of the Titanic. Ooh. Ooh. That's pretty creepy. Yes, creepy. All right, what, do you, what else you got? You're just doing good. I just yeah, I'm you scrolling along. All right. All right, I'll give you one. You really okay. want one? I'll give you I'm one. I'm just trying to Fine. share. This, just share. You know, it's Halloween. You're so excited about these. All right, May 11, 1883, The Wallet Man. Antonio Black was a uh, immigrant sailor from the West Indies and was hired by the Sayer family to help out in the farm. Little did he know how deadly that decision would turn out to be. LeBlanc, tiring of his duties, convinced uh, an unsuspecting uh, Samuel Sawyer and his wife to uh, enter the barn where he beat them to death with a shovel and buried them beneath a dung heap. Oh, no, that's awful. Next, he entered the home where he located Phoebe, the maid, and bludgeoned her to death with an axe as she slept. God. While attempting to flee the state, he was captured and brought to trial. Found guilty of his hideous crimes, he was sentenced to death by hanging. After his death, his body was given to a Princeton scientist and local doctor for dissecting. Later, his skin was tanned in Morristown, and soon after, souvenir wallets, purses, books, and jackets, oh. and lampshades were made oh. and signed by the local sheriff to oh, prove that's... their authenticity. Oh, since, the gruesome mur- since the gruesome murders at the sewer farm, many uh, believe it to be haunted and has changed hands several times. <laughs> Twice when it was a restaurant, waitresses and visitors alike sworn that the spirit of Phoebe still remains. A delicate yet blood-soaked hand has been seen reaching from the painting on the wall. Customers have been repeatedly touched on the shoulder by an invisible hand. Objects have been seen moving on their own accord. And the coldest spot in the building is where else? Phoebe's room. Exorcisms have been done to the property, but the activity still remains. While Phoebe haunts old Sawyer Farm in search of justice, the wallet man has been seen roaming around the old courthouse, perhaps looking to collect his skin. Oh, my God. That's hideous. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, would you like this skin lampshade? How about a skin wallet? Ah. Why not? Not human skin. I suppose. One thing to have cow skin, but human I skin? Suppose. Oh, my God, that's gross. Tastes like that's chicken. That's <laughs> bad. Oh, my God. That's terrible. All right. What do we got that's over good. here? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, the ghost of the Titanic's lookout watches the promenade deck. Frederick Fleet. Frederick Fleet? A British sailor served as a lookout aboard the RMS Titanic. He spotted the deadly iceberg and warned the bridge. Tragically, his warning came too late. The ship was going too fast to avoid a collision. Fleet survived the sinking of the Titanic, but not his own depression. After his wife's death, yes, just after Christmas in 1964, he was evicted by his brother-in-law. Nice! And hung himself in the garden. Well, he should be. 
Serves you right, evict me. His grave went unmarked until the Titanic Historical Society erected a headstone for him in 1993. It appears his spirit is not quite at rest, however. Witnesses have claimed to see him keeping watch over the Las Vegas Exhibition's promenade deck, perhaps driven by his guilt to keep watch even in death. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know we have a grave in our own little East Bridgewater Central Cemetery from a a Titanic victim. Mm -hmm. Francis Davis Millette famous artist and he did a lot of things he he was uh, a drummer in the civil war he was a doctor's assistant in the what civil band war. is that francis davis millet i never heard of that band civil war no you said he was drummer in the civil war uh but i'm no. bump funny anyway he was a little drummer boy he was a boy oh in i get civil it war. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, yeah, pretty cool. Not really 100% sure his body's there. I think he's really – I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our local historian, God bless his soul, Margaret Alexander, who recently passed away, said that he was buried there. Mm -hmm. But I had other conflicting Mm -hmm. stories say that his body was sent over to England where his wife buried him. So, But we do have a gravestone. And he did – live in East Bridgewater. So. That's amazing. Yeah. So in 1765, in Delaware, uh, Charles Mason and Jeremy Dixon were astronomers and surveyors. In 1763, they were hired to survey the border between the two colonies of Pennsylvania and Maryland. They were staying in Delaware while they worked on what became known as the Mason-Dixon line. Uh-huh. Mason, uh, see, Charles Mason, Jeremy mm-hmm. Dixon. Mm-hmm. Mason also tinkered. He had high hopes. Uh, he tinkered. That he knew, yep. He had high hopes that the new project he was working on would bring him riches. It was a chronometer, an early version of a watch. He went into town one day on an errand and left the chronometer in his tent. While he was gone, a fat little boy came along. That's what it says. <laughs> A fat little boy came along. That was relevant, yes. He came to his tent and ate everything he could find, including the chronometer. Come on. When Mason returned and discovered what had happened, he tried to get the chronometer from the boy, but failed. Realizing the situation was useless, he drank uh, to the fat boy to... What he drank to the fat boy telling him he could keep the chronometer until the end of time. Uh, <laughs> the, fat little, the fat little boy grew up, grew up to be a clockmaker. And when he died, he is buried in the London Track Church in Landenburg. Today, his grave is weathered and worn. But if you put your ear to the stone, they say you can hear Mason's chronometer still ticking. <laughs> that is the worst. That's the worst. No, no. Just who could eat? No one could eat. No. Have you ever tried a chronometer? I don't think they're very delicious. Tastes like I'm chicken. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> and you can I find think I'll more. just eat this metal. 
And it's so good. He I'm was so, so hungry. hungry. He ate everything he could find. It's, yeah. All right. Including the Oh, my goodness. So we, we got our two-minute warning, Pizza from the Dead, but I'm not seeing any further cues. Yeah, I know. So, so I, suppose... I, I, I would imagine that we're almost done. No, so... I don't think so. Could be. Well, yeah. We only had two minutes when the thing went off. All right. Anyways, your show is brought to you today by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, uh, 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. Focused, compassionate, and strong, just like me. Right. So there's a beat, so I guess we should go. I hear the tunes. Happy Halloween, everybody. Go out tomorrow. Have fun. Don't care if it rains. And I don't care how old you are. Go out and have fun. Right. I will be on Friday. I'll be doing a ghost up in Portsmouth. See you then. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Happy Halloween. From ghoulies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.